On today's show, we're going to recap the first game of the season, the LA Galaxy's 2-0 win over the Chicago Fire. Then we'll be joined by LA Galaxy Associate Head Coach Dave Sarakin before updating you on LA Galaxy News, taking your listener calls into the COG hotline, and previewing the upcoming match against the Timbers on Sunday. We've got a good bunch to get to, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here are your hosts, Josh Getzman and Corey Ritza. And welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Getzman. He is Mr. Corey Ritzow. As Mr. Michael Araujo just told you, we're back. The LA Galaxy 2-0 winners over the Chicago Fire. A bunch to get to. First, I want to tell you about the music. You're listening to Back Pocket Memory. I know you've known that before because you've been listening to the show. But please, go on iTunes. Download their stuff, Back Pocket Memory, all great stuff, at Twitter on Back Pocket Memory without any of the vowels. But let's move on now. The LA Galaxy 2 nothing winners over the Chicago Fire. Glad to have Corey Ritzel back here on the show. Uh, Corey, it was, a, it was a good start to the 2015 season, especially after you realized that, you know, it, last year uh, the LA Galaxy had just lost one to nothing to Real Salt Lake. So, so it was a good, good start to the season. It's kind of interesting that uh, we get to experience a season in which we start fresh with just league play. Normally, maybe a CCL game or two would have been played prior to a match like this or that most of the attention would be being played to a quarterfinal matchup in CCL. But to just start on league play, have that be the focus, not be afraid to get a little bit of uh, your legs underneath you, wet behind the ears for some of the young kids, and just get started and focus only on... uh, the MLS season is, is a little bit different, probably first time in, I don't know, maybe four or five seasons that this is all we have to focus on. So in some ways it's good, and uh, and they responded. Yeah, you know, yeah. Obviously it helps to play Chicago Fire your first game, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. But uh, 2-0 win is certainly what you expect considering you're playing at home against somebody like Chicago. I, I had a conversation with a rather prominent uh, analyst, and, and we were talking about the LA Galaxy, and I'm like, well, I mean, you know, it was great. They beat the fire. I'm, not that that really proves anything for the rest of the season, but, you know, they went in there. They, they did. They, they had to grind out sort of a result here, Corey, and I, I think that that shows that, you know, a lot of people were sort of knocking the LA Galaxy for for not being as active in the off season as maybe people wanted 
Um, but for the most part, if you look on the field, it's all familiar faces, whether they've been on the field a lot or not. These are There's a bunch of L.A. Galaxy players who you're used to seeing on the L.A. Galaxy field. So I, I sort of feel like that continuity has now continued off, and, and this will put the L.A. Galaxy in a good position to start quickly this year instead of having to battle and, and figure a whole bunch of stuff out. So I'm hoping that that is the case. Well, I mean, you're not going to be able to know sort of you know the criticism that might have been levied that you talked about is not going to it's not going to be solved that debate is not going to be solved after one game against the Chicago Fire. You know, poor Chicago. Yes, this is totally true. Yes. So, while we do have some familiar faces, you know, it is kind of nice to show up to the park and and kind of I mean everybody that you look out there has played a game for the Galaxy and played a game last year for them. So, there wasn't anybody that that stepped onto the field. In fact, I'm looking down the 18 and there's nobody there that was not there last year am i am i wrong or am i missing anyone i think you were uh you were on obviously jose Villarreal. i'm not sure did he get some senior minutes last year i don't know I, if he did but if if, 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 he, if he did a short cameo but nonetheless right. he's a familiar face so right. to that is such a rarity in mls with some of the turnover so to have that you know as fans there's a level of familiarity in what they bring and what they bring to the table so that element of mystery of maybe who some of these guys are that that wasn't there but nonetheless the expectations are certainly very high for this team well the LA Galaxy raising the championship 2014 banner before the game um Landon Donovan on hand to see that go up Rob Friend was also down on the field to to see the banner go up being lifted by a crane behind the giant new wonderful beautiful how big is that oh my god it's so it's so big it's i mean literally listen get the that's what she said jokes ready because they're going to come fast and furious that's what she said all right so the the screen is huge it has a nice curve to it Corey. so it's sort of like a curved screen just just a little bit just a little to hit. doesn't sony make like one of those monster tvs it, that way it, that, that's what they're trying to uh, promote these days yeah that's right it just curves just a little bit it's it's nice they they did a great job putting the StubHub sign underneath it um just everything looks great i think they had some maybe some aspect ratio issues there maybe they're stretching the uh, the screen a little bit but i think they'll get that fixed again i think this was the first you know full run through it's even had they just got done with it so it was great to see it's unbelievable i find myself now not staring at the 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 really old tvs in the press box and i find myself staring at the giant um you know new big screen to see replays and stuff so as long as they keep showing replays of of stuff even controversial stuff on the big big screen i'll be okay in the press box i, I know everybody was worried about me but it was fun it was a good time it was good to see everybody there and obviously uh you know emotions were running pretty high whenever the, the LA Galaxy kicked this game off. I want to go over the, the starting lineup, though, because there are some surprises in here, some stuff that we didn't know what was going to come down. Um, you know, Brian Rowe did get the start in goal, um, so so that was sort of a surprise. And then you had Jose Villarreal, not so much a surprise, but just the fact you knew he was battling for it with Bradford Jamison fourth as far as who was going to get that left midfield role, Corey, and it was Jose Villarreal and and quite honestly good for him he, he did great so Villarreal at left mid um, you had uh, Kenny Walker in the center taking over sort of that Husidic spot as Husidic recovers from injury and then Keenan Zardis up top Ishizaki out on the right hand side and on that on that right mid so really a solid LA Galaxy lineup Leonardo and Omar Gonzalez in the center of defense I mean the defense I don't think had to do much against Chicago Corey but nonetheless I, I like this lineup minus one person and and we can talk about that a little later, but it, th- this was this was a little twist on a lineup that we'd seen in, in preseason. No, I, I mean, and again, these are all familiar faces. So 
Galaxy fans that maybe have been following the team for the last few years, they kind of know what they bring to the table. Now it's just in terms of who can develop. So we see young kids like B. Real and Bradford Jameson the fourth. How are they developing? How are they progressing? Um, and then I'm sure the person you're going to want to talk about might be in the center of the park. He's also considered a young kid, although he spent three or four years um, in college before he joined the league. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that person, whoever that's going to be, and obviously long term, it's probably over. You know, summertime, it's going to be the man currently in a Liverpool shirt. Right. Right. But, right. but until then, you know, you have the shoes of Marcelo Sarvis to try and fill. Right. And obviously. They may not be big shoes, but in terms of shoes, they, they did cover quite a bit of ground. And so you're going to have uh, to try and find a body for the next six months, or excuse me, maybe more like four months, five months until until he arrives. And he, Stephen Bruce, Gerard. It's not a surprise. Stephen Gerard, Gerard. Yeah, whatever and, he arrives. And, you know, right now, uh, you know, until maybe Husidic gets healthy, if he's going to be that body. Uh, it's the Kenny Walker experiment, and there's, you know, except for maybe a little bit more attack-minded individual, someone like Rafa Garcia, right. there's not too many other people that uh, that can fill that role. So it's going to be Kenny Walker until maybe Baggio can get a little bit more healthy. Well, see, the problem with putting Kenny Walker in there, and it is the person that I wanted to talk about in the middle of the park, it, the, the problem with putting Kenny Walker there is you turn Juninho into the offensive, you know, brain of the midfield. Kenny Walker does a lot of things good. All right. There's I don't want to knock Kenny. I really like him. I think he's a solid player, but he doesn't do anything that I think is special. All right. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you don't need anybody to do anything special, Corey. But for me, Kenny Walker just doesn't bring that special attribute you need from somebody who's going to play in that central midfield position. And quite honestly, if Baggio Husidic was 100% match fit, which is the reason that really he didn't start there, um, you know, he was 100% healthy, as he said um, sure. after the game, but he was just not. 90 minute fit yet and so they want in, sure. in bruce's defense though against the chicago fire you don't need you don't need that body to be special no no but i mean you, you have at, enough players out there on the field that that can bring that i mean you can sit juninho and walker back and let the other four attacking players go ahead and make up the bulk of the attack and they did they did they and, did, but, you know, but, it was scary a little bit in terms of, you know, they weren't as precise, but that's that's to be expected in a game in, in March, the beginning of March. Yeah. But ultimately, they got the job done. A great goal by, well, a goal by Villarreal. <laughs> it was a great goal. It was a great goal. I think that that goal is, you know, if you look at him in the first half where he hit one with his right foot and it went over the bar, um, seeing him put one on target and finding the frame and even whenever the ball bounced out to him, I mean, he got lucky, the ball, but he was, he's one of those players and I think he sort of shares that in common with a lot of the really good players is, Corey, he shows up in the right place at the right time and people want to overlook that ability because it is sort of the sixth sense to be able to do that. Um, but people overlook that as as not being an actual tangible thing, but it totally is. And Jose Villarreal sort of has that. He knows where to be, and the ball finds him. I think I mean, it's important for him to get off the season on the, wrong, the right foot. You look at some of the youngsters that have come through the system, and you have a Villarreal. You had somebody like a Jack McBean who's mm-hmm. gotten uh, occasional senior team minutes. You know, you wonder... You know the, the the academy system is so you know so highly touted with a number of prospects, but none of them have really come on to, you know, ex- with the exception of Jossie's artist last year to really make an impact and right. break through on the senior level. So his ability to, after being shipped off to Cruz Azul last year, to come back and and potentially make a difference this year, he was somebody that 
you know, I know personally I didn't quite understand where he fit into the team, what role he was going to play. And for him to come on first game of the season, get on the scoring sheet, maybe big for his confidence, maybe uh, give him a little bit more momentum going forward in the season about carving a role out for him. Because, frankly, you look at the, the LA Galaxy bench, there's, there's some talent on there. There is some talent on there. And one of the guys we haven't talked about who had an excellent game, um, you know, is Stefan Ishizaki. I want to talk, I want to play what Bruce Arena had to say about Stefan Ishizaki here after the game. So here's Bruce Arena. Ishizaki is in his second year in this league. He's much more comfortable. Uh, he's, a, he's a very good player. We would expect him to have a, a really good year this year, as he did last year. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Bruce Arena, enough to point him out. Ishizaki had a, a, a good, good game, solid on the right-hand side. Um, I like seeing him take the set pieces. I think that he's going to work into that role even better, Corey. I, I'm, I'm excited to sort of see what he can do with that. I need somebody that can take set pieces and be dangerous. I mean, we haven't had somebody dangerous on set pieces since David Beckham. I mean, you know, that's, that's a high bar to sort of be, you know, a high bar to sort of follow, but somebody needs to step up and, and really be more, uh, more dangerous on on these set pieces i want to see ishizaki do it so um you know he had a good game good to see See somebody that you think will just take them anywhere everywhere that's on the field at this point yeah i do i really do except for maybe you know maybe right out front of the uh the box if it's going to be janino or keen that's going to take the direct shots but just in terms of providing service from a dead piece yeah yeah i mean the service from the dead the the dead ball is certainly him him on corners him for anything that's going to be thrown into the box to look for a header um i'm even okay with him taking um set pieces when they're shots because quite honestly janino's never done it for me um and robbie keen really isn't that set piece guy either so i'm i'm happy with either of those guys uh, i'm happy with him really just making that position his own and you know we'll see how that sort of continues as other players are added to this uh this list and and all that other thing i want to touch on another thing though brian rose started in goal all right now the official reason that brian rose started in goal ahead of jaime pinedo was because jaime pinedo had some injuries Corey, and he just he was working through them and and they were behind him but that brian rowe had more reps and so they the that bruce just felt more comfortable starting brian rowe because he had been more prepped for the for the role however I'm going to play you some sound. You're going to get to hear sort of a back and forth of how it goes because another reason um, popped up. Unamas uh, reported that Jaime Pinedo said to them that the reason that he didn't play was contract negotiations. So I want you to hear Bruce. He'll answer the question. You'll hear Scott French ask him some follow-up questions to sort of get the idea here. But listen to what Bruce says, and you can decide for yourself whether or not you think there's any contract negotiation issues. So here's Bruce Arena following the LA Galaxy's 2-0 win over the Chicago Fire. Uh, Jaime's had some knocks in preseason and hasn't played that much. And uh, uh, we, we felt that Brian uh, was a little bit ahead, ahead of Jaime at this point and, and went with Brian. Scott? Yeah, uh, Bruce, uh, Unamas uh, reported that Pinedo told them that he was healthy and that he, was, he sat down because of contract negotiations. He is healthy. Contract negotiations have anything to do with it? No, not my decision. I mean, our decision was uh, made on we, we felt Brian was the right guy to go with uh, today's game. All right, Corey, what do you think? <laughs> Bruce Serena um, with, with the pause there, the thoughtful pause. We get to peel back the curtain a little bit for listeners about going into the concrete box back there for the post-game interviews. 
and you have to learn how to speak Bruce. Yes. And, you know, Bruce basically essentially answered a question in a way that could never be denied. You know, the only person that's going to know the reason why somebody's name was put on the score sheet or the uh, the lineup sheet is Bruce. Right. So he can answer it any way that that he wants to. Obviously, Pinedo's interpretation of the situation had very little to do with his his health. Um, he seemed to interpret it that uh, it was more uh, the outstanding negotiation of what's going on, and, and maybe there's Galaxy's play at potentially having a little bit more leverage to say, well, you think that you want this money? Well, you know, we have other people here that can do the job, and if you don't like it, you can sit on the bench. That that seemed to be his interpretation of the situation. He obviously wasn't uh, injured enough to, I think, just this past week get called in for uh, Panama, if, yep. I'm, yep. if I'm not that correct. Is correct. That is correct. We'll talk about that in the LA Galaxy news coming up. But, yep, so he's he's not injured. So, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I, can, I don't have a definite for anybody. Um, I'm not claiming to have a definite answer for anybody here, Corey, but it is. We can all agree, though, if everybody is 100% healthy and any sort of uh, silly games that are being played behind the scenes that he's your number one. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and, and just look at uh, the Real Salt Lake game, was it in in uh, in Utah yep. last year in the playoffs? Yep, in the playoff game. Yep. He was he, he stood on he his head. He was the one that kept him in the, kept him in the series. So, yep. Yep. Um, you know, uh, it, it's a little bit much ado about nothing. I mean, Bruce has the luxury in a game against Chicago Fire to maybe be extra cautious um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and just say, you know, extra cautious with a few of these bodies, be it Baja Husidic or AJ De La Garza or or any of these bodies that he chose to uh, to keep on the bench for the evening. And uh, at the end of the day, he made the right call because you're 2-0. You got out with, I don't think, any, any injuries. Right. And you're ready to move on to uh, compete with some stiffer competition moving forward. Yeah, it, it's certainly interesting. The LA Galaxy are unbeaten in 20 consecutive games at StubHub Center, Corey. I think that's that's ridiculous. And then they've only lost three of their last 44 home games. So um, StubHub Center certainly is becoming that fortress that the Galaxy always wanted it to be. And I, I hope to see that continue into it. So it's, uh, it, it's again, it's some exciting stuff. The LA Galaxy 2-0 winners of the Chicago Fire, the first game of the 2015 season in the books. Uh, the LA Galaxy will now turn their attention to Sunday, where they will play the Portland Timbers. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a break here. Whenever I come back, I'm going to be talking with uh, LA Galaxy associate head coach Dave Sarakin, so look for that interview. And then after that, Corey will jump back on with us, and uh, and we'll close out the show talking about Portland, getting to your calls, your COG hotline calls getting to your listener questions and getting you updated on LA Galaxy news as well. So you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll be right back. some more Corner of the Galaxy, don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at cornerofthegalaxy.com. 
Recording deep within Landon Donovan's secret Cambodian lair, it's Corner of the Galaxy. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm giving uh, Corey Ritzel there a little break in this segment so that I can stop and talk to one of my favorite people. As a matter of fact, the last time I talked to our next guest, we were eating tacos after the LA Galaxy's 2014 MLS Cup celebration down near, I believe, the Hermosa Beach Pier. So I want to welcome back to the show, LA Galaxy Associate Head Coach, Mr. Dave Serkin. Dave, thanks for stopping by. Uh, my pleasure, Josh. I enjoyed the uh, tacos, so uh, it brought up good memories. They, they, they were good tacos for sure, and good conversation, I should say, as well. But I would want to first start by asking you about the offseason. Did it feel a little short to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's a, it's bittersweet. It's good and not so good. The the, the good part is uh, when you know that you have a short off season, you've had a long season, which takes you deep into the playoffs. And in our case, with a championship run right. on uh, December, I think it was the eighth. But you don't have a lot of uh, time between that and the start of preseason. So you know, it's it's a little bit of a challenge, but uh, this is what we do and signed up for, and uh, I have no complaints. Yeah, I think the last thing I said to you was, I can't wait to do it again, Dave, and then you said, hey, could you give me a couple weeks off? So I hope you use those, <laughs> those weeks off uh, off to good use. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I've kind of gotten used to it in my family, too. Be- between the middle of December and New Year's uh, is kind of our downtime, and right. After that, with uh, the college draft and the combine and and uh, preseason, it just charges right up again. So it was nice. Two weeks was plenty. Okay, okay, good, good to hear. All right, so take us through this uh, this 2015 preseason with all the travel over to Ireland. Um, you know, you, you guys had sort of a whirlwind preseason as well uh, over to San Jose for the new stadium. How did everybody weather that storm? How did you think the the team reacted to all the travel and all the uh, all the events that were going on there? Right. Yeah, it was very different for us because uh, obviously, as everyone knows, out here you have uh, the best of everything. You have the, 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 the weather, usually competition, facilities, so we don't travel. Uh, this was unusual where we did a lot of travel. Uh, the good part of that is um, it gives everybody an opportunity to spend a lot of time with one another. And even though we have a returning group of many similar faces, it's still good to bond and get that going. Uh, the challenge was you know, we, we took seven flights in, in 10 days when right. we went to Ireland and then uh, stopped in London and then went to Stockholm and had to go through D- Dublin and, you know, a few a few of those little segments. So we did a lot of travel within the preseason. And then, of course, as you mentioned, up to San Jose. So I would describe our preseason as a little choppy. Uh, there wasn't right. a, a whole lot of time to develop a real rhythm. But at the same time, I think we got a lot accomplished uh, despite some of the challenges with the travel. So all in all, it, 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 was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good and, um, you know, evidenced by the opening game, I think uh, it was a good starting point for us. Yeah, I was going to say, what did you like about that Chicago game? I know there was some, uh, maybe some sloppy play in the first half, maybe not as sharp as you wanted to be, but um, you got some good play out of some guys who, who maybe need to step up this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for for an opening game, um, generally speaking, I think it, it was a good it was a good performance. Uh, we had a lot of the ball. Um, we our shape was good. We didn't concede very much. I don't. I think we conceded one corner, and it was near the end of the game. Right. So, in, in a lot of ways, the from an organizational standpoint, I thought it was quite good. I think in the final third, we. We weren't as uh, sharp as uh, we would normally like to be, and, and maybe at this time of year that part of, of, of the field is going to take some time. But 
Um, clearly a few young guys got an opportunity and right. uh, a few other guys that, that hadn't been, you know, familiar fo- features uh, did well. Kenny Walker, Jose Villarreal, these guys that got an opportunity did pretty well. Brian Rowe as well. So I, I think it was a, a good start to the year and we know that we can do better. Talk about Jose Villarreal. Um, maybe maybe not a surprise to you guys to see him in the starting lineup for this game, but, but I wouldn't say so much of a surprise, but seemed like a guy who was battling for that left mid position and, and sort of came out on top for this first game in Chicago. What did you see th- from him in the preseason, and what did you see from him in the game in Chicago that, that really you know had you guys put your trust in him? Well, you know, Jose obviously um, has been with us for a few years and had a short spell in Mexico, and, you know, the issue... Uh, coming into this year for a guy like Jose was, you know, positionally, where could he be slotted in? Mm-hmm. And our concerns with, with him uh, was, can, can he embrace um, the, the wide position, knowing that there's a lot of defensive responsibilities, there's, there's a lot of tactical things that go along with playing in a wide spot in terms of how you defend and stay in a line and that sort of thing. We never really were worried with the ball at his feet because the kid has a tremendous amount of tools. Right. And I think he's embraced the opportunity to, to understand that position, understand that it's, it's not just, you know, uh, staying engaged just with the ball, that there's, there's a lot of work to be done in terms of the other side of the ball. And I was very pleased. Uh, the fitness was always a concern with Jose. Could mm-hmm. he last at this level at a great length? And I think, he got through that game quite well. So from a fitness standpoint, technical standpoint, tactically, I think uh, we were pretty pleased that, uh, you know, he he embraced that opportunity. You know, I don't like to uh, to bring up this guy's name all the time because I think a lot of people are doing it, and quite honestly, I think it's passed. But in this particular case, I think it's it's necessary. Does Jose play a lot like Landon Donovan at that left mid role? Maybe not that wide player, but the player who's who's able to tuck in. And if that's so, does that sort of help the continuity of of the system that you guys played in 2014? Does that sort of does he mimic that role? Well, I know why you hate to ask that because I hate to answer. It too, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. You know, with Landon, it's 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 impossible to to start comparing. He's really so unique, Landon, and, mm-hmm. and I don't need to go in that direction. But right. what I would I would say, and in, in maybe a little different answer with a guy like Jose, is that um, you know we uh, how it compares with Landon is is obviously Landon wasn't a touch line winger. You right. know, he was a guy that was. Uh, had the the versatility to to float and come inside and find his space. A guy like Jose uh, will do that similarly. You know, he's not a a wide touch line, get up and down the line kind of a winger. He's he's really a guy that uh, is best when he can sort of you know tuck inside and get closer to range where he can utilize his strengths, which is creativity around the box, but obviously lethally with a shot he's got power and 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 and, and pace mm-hmm. um and i think th- it was evidenced by the goal that he scored you know that was he made it look kind of easy that was not easy and we've seen that in training so 
you know, we don't ever expect anyone to mimic Landon, but right. uh, we utilize that position similarly. Yeah, okay, that, that, that makes sense. All right. I, I promise I won't bring up his name anymore. After no, that's fine. <laughs> um, let's talk about another player who sort of who had a, a, a standout game enough so that Bruce talked about him in the, in the post game. Um, uh, Stefan Ishizaki. Um, Bruce always says it takes people at least, you know, a little while to adjust to Major League Soccer. Has has Ishii decided that uh, or has Ishii finally come to that to, to that point where he is now fully comfortable at MLS? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he, uh, like all players that come from, from Europe or any outside, you know, leagues, it does take time. And, and um, I think one of the things that, that he established early in preseason was he came in a lot fitter. He understood the demands mm-hmm. of, of a preseason and also, you know, what our league's about. So his starting point this year was way ahead of last year. And we all know he's got the tools in terms of his technical ability and um, his, his experience and savviness. But if you're not up to speed with the pace, then, you know, it'll take you longer. This time around, he's, his starting point was much better, and it showed. I thought he had a tremendous uh, influence in the game against Chicago. Yeah, it certainly looked like that. Like seeing him taking the set pieces as well. So that's a that's a new different twist to uh, to see an Ishizaki play there. Um, I'll, I'll, my final sort of question is: I want to focus on the defense and. And defensively, this team seems to even be more settled and, and deeper than it was in 2014, especially with a bunch of guys healthy. Is this one of the deepest teams, deepest defensive teams you've had in a while? It is. It is. I, I would agree with that. I think uh, clearly um, since we've been here, when I say we, Bruce and I in 08, right. by far we would consider this a, a much deeper team in the back. I think each position, whether it's left, right back, center backs, uh, we have players that if one goes down, we would say we would feel quite comfortable slotting in because of the experience that they have and uh, and the and, and the talent. So, yes, I would agree. I think this is our, our deepest team defensively. And, and how are you going to be able to manage all the minutes for, for just four guys playing in defense there? It seems to be a bunch of uh, pieces that you can switch around there. There are. There are. And, you know, one of the great things I think – you can do as a manager of a, of a of a team is to create competition. Right. I think competition brings out the best in players. Uh, clearly, when everyone's healthy, it's a, it's a you know decision Bruce has to make in terms of the selections of the 18. So um, that's that's one component to it. Uh, and then just to add on, I mean, when we get into a congested schedule or we get into right. the times when players are called away for national team duty, we'll be dipping into that depth and. I, I think, uh, like I said, if we can maintain good health, we'll, we we won't drop very far when we have to replace guys uh, in the back. Well, it's going to be exciting. The LA Galaxy, of course, will play the Portland Timbers on Sunday, so an exciting game coming up as well. So, Dave, we wish you all the best in the 2015 season. I'm sure we'll talk to you again, and uh, good luck on Sunday. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right, Dave. And, of course, that's associate head coach Dave Sarakin there. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Whenever I get back, uh, we are going to be joined once again. Corey Ritzel is going to stop by and talk to me there. And then, of course, we're going to get to your listener questions. We have some COJ hotline calls as well. So it's going to be some great stuff. Still a bunch to talk about. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll be right back.
Hey, this is Chris. This is Eddie. This is Jason. And we're from Back Pocket Memory, and you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy. Recording from COG Studios and not their mom's basement, it's Corner of the Galaxy. And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman, Mr. Corey Ritzel with you once again. Oh, we got a lot of fun stuff to get through here, Corey. We got some 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 really good news to talk about. Obviously, we have the Portland game that's coming up as well. So, so still a bunch to talk about. We'll get there. Uh, first, I want to get to our COG hotline. This is where we ask you guys to call in after the games. If you're excited about something, if you want to talk about something, you can do that. Um, I will remember the number here eventually and, and give it to you. But first, let's go ahead to our first caller from the 805. Didn't leave their name. Okay, rule number one when you call COG hotline. All right, Corey, you, you know this, right? Gotta it's, leave your name. You, got, you gotta leave your name. Otherwise, we'll just call no you. No matter how inebriated you might be gotta leave the name that's right this is about if you're going to be embarrassed then you embarrass yourself with your name but here is 805 i think i know who this is by the way um this is the 805 calling in it's so good to be back yeah baby nice victory do nothing over the fire. Oh. Can we just stop that for a second and just talk about that entrance right there? Whoever... Wait, how can 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 you splice that up and and we just need that for for some drops here on the I, show? I, I can definitely do that. So I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, I got to start it back over again now too. I because... will. Everybody's prepared now. You're ready. All right, sit tight. Here we go. It's so good to be back. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Nice victory. Do nothing over the fire to open up the season. Granted, I was a little late to the game, but you know what we have in Los Angeles? A little thing called traffic. There's a lot of it tonight. Anyway, yeah, just a little a bit. great game. I got one of my limited edition throwback Galaxy scarves that's going up on my Galaxy wall. And I thought Jose Villarreal looked pretty good today. So Bruce hasn't been behind him in the past couple of years. Recently, he's been preseason that. Villarreal was finally becoming the player that everyone has always wanted him to become. Anyways, happy to see the Galaxy win. Love to hear your guys' thoughts on how Jose played tonight and everybody else. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. I think that was a Michael Araujo reference there at the end there, Corey. So I'm, I'm excited. Whoever this caller is, obviously very excited after the LA Galaxy's 2-0 win. Nah, I, have, I mean, he, he summarized it. It is good to be back. I, I have to be honest. I... Uh, I was not a very good fan. I, I, I thought the uh, the work stoppage was coming. I have a 10-month-old at home. Right. I have, have, uh, have not seen a movie since she was born, and the wife got the sitter arranged and the movie times arranged for Friday night. That's when you go. You got to go. It's go time. It's I like- had to go. I didn't think that the game was actually going to take place. We had it planned on Monday. I didn't think that there was any chance the game was happening. No, no, no. There was zero chance. I didn't, I didn't make it to the game. I didn't get to watch it. I had to DVR it and catch up on it later, but uh, I wasn't very good about going. But at the same time, uh, I think he summarized everyone's feelings about uh, the jubilation uh, of having soccer back in our lives. It's good to be back. Yes, yes, exactly. No, it was great. Uh, traffic was absolutely horrible. If you saw some of my tweets, you you will know that. That's what happens when you do a Friday game at 7 o'clock, not 7.30, which would have been a little better, not 8 o'clock, which was preferred for that 
for a weekday start, but obviously national television takes precedence, Corey. It is what it is. What else can you do? That That's sort of how it is. I do like the vintage LA Galaxy scarves they had, though, the limited edition ones. Very good. So so 805, you can call us back with your name, Scott. I'm pretty sure it's Scott. Um, so, Scott, you can call us back with your name next time, and uh, and we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll have you on again. But let's get to our next call, uh, another call. This one's from Jesse. Somebody actually left their name, so here's Jesse. Hey, how's it going, guys? My name is Jesse Everado. I'm a first-time caller from Huntington Park, California. I was watching the game on TV today. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought the defensive line wasn't challenged as much, so I want to see how they hold up as the season progresses. But I really liked uh, Jose Villarreal. Uh, for his size, he was playing very big. You know, He had some uh, crosses in the center. I think maybe he can work on that. But overall, I thought he had a good game, and I hope that that goal gives him that momentum uh, to progress for the season. I like Zardes' work rate, but you know he missed uh, some easy – some easy goals. I think maybe he had some questionable decisions out there, but he overall looked good. But my main comment was I wanted to see what you guys thought about this. Um, there was times throughout the game where Zardes had the ball, and he kind of stopped the run of play. And then other players like Zardes, they would make overlapping plays, which merited a pass from Zardes, but I'm sorry, which merited a pass from Keane, but he uh, wouldn't give it up. And I was thinking, you know, if you're Zardes, if you're some of these midfielders, do you put pressure on Keane to give up that pass, or is it just because he's the captain? You know, he has all that experience that you kind of trust his you trust his judgment. But it seems sometimes like he really held uh, the run of play when he could have made uh, a lobbing pass or a through pass that would have got some of our forwards or midfielders in that goal. I was just wondering if you get to comment on that. What do you think? Uh, thanks, guys. All right, so that's Jesse. Jesse, thanks for the call. We certainly appreciate it. Listen, um, Corey, I'll, I'll let you handle the the Robbie Keane and hogging the ball <laughs> question because I hope your you know what I hope your answer is different than mine, so I can slap you. I, I don't think anyone on the field is telling Robbie Keane when he should and shouldn't pass it. Nobody ever. I don't think his wife is allowed to tell Robbie Keane where to pass the ball. I don't. You can I, tell her other things, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know about when to pass it. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is is. Uh, Zardis just, you know, you have to be a little crazy to play soccer. You have to make, you know, the same run 10 times in a row knowing that you didn't get that ball the first nine times. But if it's the proper run, if it's the correct run, you have to run that, make that exact same run the 10th time in the hopes that the ball is going to come through that, that right. last time. So if you're Zardis, that's all you, all you can do. You know, I'm, I'm sure we, we overblow it a little bit only because you know he is so demonstrative on the field with his demands and the way that he wants things run out there and the emotions that get the best of him and i think we saw a little bit of that on the goal celebration uh but at the same time you know you're going to get the good with the bad from Robbie regardless of of what we may observe out there and ultimately if the ball stays at his feet a little bit longer than maybe we would like uh, that is a byproduct of him being the best player out there and him wanting to do what he wants to do with the ball. And you will take that because he's Robbie Keane and he's a reigning MVP. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that, uh, you know, Robbie Keane uh, has certainly earned the right to basically do whatever Robbie Keane wants. I mean, quite Does honestly. Does he get a fine for the celebration? You know, the disciplinary committee at the time of this show, which is on Wednesday night, um, as we're recording, the disciplinary committee have not... Come out they usually release decision. on Thursday, Friday. They usually release on Thursday, so we should know whether or not he'll get a fine. I mean, uh, I talked with some people after the game, and there's no way he doesn't get a fine. I will tell you this. Robbie Keane was not available for comment after the game. You can oh. take that as you will. The captain of the LA Galaxy, who scored a goal in the game, was not available after the game because he had an event to go to, all right, a prior engagement. That's what we were told. Again, take that as you will. Um, sometimes that happens um, whenever... 
whenever certain things happen on the field. So, I, you know, just sort of keep that in mind. We'll we'll see how that goes, and hopefully, I'm sure somebody will ask him about it, especially if he if and when he does get fined. I really believe it's just a matter of when. So we'll uh, we'll take we'll keep our eye on that. Thanks um, for the call, Jesse. Yeah, keep Jesse coming. Jesse certainly appreciate it. Remember, you too can call the COG hotline pretty much anytime you want. Voicemail is always on. It's nine four nine three eight five two six four one. That's nine four nine three eight five C O G one. All right. We got to tweet that out right after the end of of every game. I you know that's what I did and I got schedule it out schedule those tweets right now schedule schedule we'll schedule got it sir yes sir all right I want to get real quickly to this final uh, little bit of fan communication here as I got an excellent email from Sean Sean tells me that he works at the triple a at triple a you know triple a the car the car people right or, or the, like, unfortunately the I have locked my keys in my car so I do so know triple a so you do know triple a everybody knows and that you know they have a lot of travel services as well and Corey what they also do and specialize in is maps correct I mean you know about the the triple a maps i do yeah. I, I i was i was a thomas guide guy growing up right. but I, I do know the triple a map right right so you can go to triple a map they can actually make you travel maps they can do all sorts of things they have some great stuff about like the areas that you're going to and so um sean wrote in to tell us that he works at triple a as a cartographer that is somebody who makes maps which by the way just gets my like my nerd like spidey sense thing just sort of tingling I, you I, and your airplanes and all that how, kind of stuff it just, maps just is, tickles you right there doesn't it making maps is awesome anyway he says yes i make maps for a living and yes that job still exists he says anyway every year we produce a metropolitan la map that has a visual map and points of interest on one side of the description and then pois on the other so basically it's a, it's a local uh, metropolitan area map all right so what sean did and i'll paraphrase his email here is he was in charge of this project uh, for for making this particular map, and so he wanted to make sure that StubHub Center showed up better than it has. Apparently, originally it was just a black dot on the on the map, and it was nothing. unacceptable. Unacceptable, exactly, because all the other stadiums have their actual outline shown on this map. So, what did Sean do? He got the outline put on the AAA map. You flex your cartography muscles, Sean. That, that's yeah, it's he he was all over it. Not only that, but he got to add in the verbiage for the LA Galaxy winning their fifth. Uh, MLS Cup. Um, he added it to the points of interest. He did everything basically he could. And I want to know, other LA Galaxy fans, what have you done in your job for the LA Galaxy? Because Sean knocked it out of the park right here. So Sean, AAA cartographer, you sir, we we salute you. That was excellent stuff. So Sean, uh, anytime you want to stop by the studio, I think I've already extended the offer, but you're you're more than welcome to stop by and and listen in on a uh, on a, a podcast, and maybe I'll even talk to you about cartography because that's way awesome and totally matches up with soccer somehow. All right. That's it. That was my that was my little nerd thing right there. Again, I'm giving him the golf clap behind the microphone right now. That that was good. Very good. All right. So, that is uh that is it for uh for all of the listener questions, all that stuff. So, now we want to get on talk about some LA Galaxy news, a signing that happened after we had recorded. Uh Mika Vernonen has signed with the LA Galaxy. This What's is his last name? Vernonen. If you say it real fast, then no. Vernonen. All right. I listen. I I have like Chevy Chase in uh What's what the golf movie? Oh uh, man, I uh, can't believe I just Happy Gilmore? Played. No, not Happy Gilmore. Scott, oh. Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yes, oh, that was I, horrible. I, I fail right there for that, but yes, yes, exactly. That is so. Mika Vernonen. He's a 33 year old Finnish international, which of course will lead me to make the joke every time he scores the Finnish finish. And I've already, I think I've already used it a couple times. I don't know a whole bunch about him, quite honestly, Corey. You're better than that. Yeah. Actually, no, you're not. No, I'm not. That's low hanging fruit, and I hit I. I hit that. But nonetheless, uh, we saw him play in the one game that was streamed with uh, with Hammerby and 
you know, that that was good. I liked his energy. He came on in the second half of that game. Uh, you know, really, uh, head coach and general manager Bruce Arena says Mika is a player that brings additional experience to the midfield. Like I said, he's 33 years old. He's played in uh, in the Dutch League. He's played in Finland. He is, he is a, uh, a Finnish international and made his uh, Finland debut in 2002. He's a little old at 33, and I say a little old knowing full well that I am 33 years old and that nice. I feel a little old. Um, you know, this is a good addition. I was hopeful that they would sign him because I liked his energy in the midfield. He is a central midfielder. And uh, actually, uh, Doug Doug uh, tw- tweeted at the show and says, don't know much about the signing. I know we need a central attacking mid that can create. Is he that guy? I, I can't answer that yet. Haven't seen him play enough. Um, but quite honestly, Corey, um, it's a good signing. So we'll 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 see how he plan- pans out. I mean, quite honestly, the Galaxy look pretty deep actually in that central midfield but just not deep with experience yeah they are they are they have players Corey. they have players well it's just not at the same time it it is a position that demands so much out of you physically you know when let's be honest when you're having to play kenny walker 70 minutes are you are you really that deep well well, you know this i i say deep in bodies not necessarily deep in experience and sure but i mean if you have if you have five potential options in central midfield then and and kenny walker's your first choice then the options aren't that i mean i don't know but because because who knows how fit he is and and he obviously wasn't included in the 18 but yeah you know you, you bring him up to speed He's he's got fifty nine international appearances for Finland, so he's got he's got the experience on his side. I just I don't know at thirty three how much he may have left. So we'll kinda wait and see. But to know that you have potentially five bodies that could fill that role, then you see if, if two of them can emerge until August when Gerard makes his way across the pond. Well, all my Irovadisi uh, uh, fans here probably know these names better than I do. Obviously, I can't even say the name of the freaking league. But uh, PSV Eindhoven was one of the teams. Eindhoven. Eindhoven? Really? Really? Yes. Okay, fine. Isn't Eindhoven. it like, what's the... Uh, Don't. I have no idea. Don't. Finkel and Einhorn. No, Einhorn I, and Finkel. I know, you know that? I know, I know not what Ace you Ace Ventura. Speak of. Come on, man. That was a long time. So Eindhoven. Yes. Yeah, See, so you're dating yourself with your Ace Ventura. That's you a, know, there are we're people. In, we're in our 30s. The people who are listening to this show right now, there are, there are like, okay, there's like 10 of you. But of the 10 of you, there are five of you who are like, who was Ace Ventura? Like the original one. They have no idea, Corey. I'm just telling uh, you. Well, they may have seen like the third one and been like, that was stupid. But the first one was was pretty groundbreaking at the time. It was. You'll just have to trust me. Uh, following up on something that you talked about, Corey, Jaime Pinedo named to the Panama roster for two friendlies in March. That's 327 at Trinidad and Tobago and 331 versus Costa Rica at home in Panama. Uh, he will miss the LA Galaxy game against DC United in DC on 328. So keep an eye on those friendlies. I have a feeling that list will grow um, as we get uh, closer to those. So so be be aware. That's what I'm saying. Be aware. I don't. I don't know what else to tell you. All right, we'll see. Omar, he may. Yeah, Omar, maybe Jossie again. Um, we'll see. Maybe Robbie Keane with Ireland again. So it's all sort of up in the air. You'll have to see how that game goes. So three twenty eight versus DC United is the game that will impact. All right, why not do standings, Corey? Because they mean nothing after everybody's <laughs> played one game. I think it's a great idea. Seattle Sounders currently in first place because see these are what the standings are after the first game. It's how bad you won versus how bad they lost. Right, so the people who lost the worst were Vancouver and the San Jose Earthquakes. All right, and Vancouver loses the worst because they lost because their goal differential is minus two. All right, and San Jose Earthquakes are in ninth because their goal differential is minus one. And then there's a whole people who are just tied the games: Colorado Rapids, Portland Timbers. Kind of weird to see that red line after number six. <laughs> it, is, it is sort of weird to see it, and uh, 
and it's well adding another playoff position. Obviously, you see that. Um, obviously, the other thing that you could look at in the Western Conference is that Sporting Kansas City is right. listed in in the Western and Houston Conference. Dynamo and the Houston Dynamo. I guess Houston was, and then they weren't, and, then and they now weren't. they are. Yeah, I'm really glad that they took like two of the better teams in the right. East and put them in the West. That makes the West. So really, we have first division in the West, second division in the East. That's how it's going to go. So anyway, the LA Galaxy currently sit in second place with their goal differential of two. That's all you need to know. Pay no attention to those. Power Rankings has the LA Galaxy probably sitting in that second spot as well underneath the Seattle Sounders who dismantled uh, New England, who I think New England decided not to show up in that game. So and they sort played of, without, without uh, Jermaine Wynn Jones. and Jermaine Jones, I think. Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So now we get to the Portland Timbers game. Again, this game is on Sunday, March 15th, 4 p.m. This is on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Deportes. I believe it's John Strong and Alexi Lalas with the call on Fox Sports 1. So make sure you check them out. Uh, Portland's last game was a 0-0 draw with Real Salt Lake at home. This is a game that Real Salt Lake actually had the possession advantage over uh, the Portland Timbers, but Portland with way more attacking. It sort of makes sense whenever you see how Portland is playing now, Corey. Um, A bunch of quick counterattacking, fast, speedy guys on that turf um, just go basically balls to the wall on every counterattack, and they have some uh, some really dangerous pieces. Actually, um, it, they're they look fun to watch. They just Did you get a finish. chance to watch their game on Sunday. I got, to or see, maybe it was Saturday evening. I, I don't know. I got to see the condensed game, so I got to see the twenty minute game. Um, uh, watch uh, the second half. Yeah, I mean, defensively, they're much more stout than they were last year. That's uh, that's I mean, Ridgewell that's and not saying very much, yeah. but to to have Nat Borchers come over from RSL and 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 Ridgewell finally settle as the other center back. Um, much more composed, you know, their, their biggest thing is they're dealing with, uh, a rash of injuries to a lot of their, their main players. So we'll see, you know, they missed, well, you have it listed right there as Will Johnson is out with right. a broken leg and Diego Valeri coming back from ACL injury along with Zemanski. And then Diego Chara, uh, didn't play, um, last weekend, but now the report saying that he's at full training. So he may be somebody that, that steps in there and, you know those four players are are pretty you know tough core to not have at the moment so right. if you're the galaxy and you can catch them when they're missing the likes of a will johnson and valeri or possibly a char you got to take advantage of that you do you do and quite honestly you look at this and you know like is mostly the case when the la galaxy play it's going to be you know sort of that battle of the midfield there you have uh you have nagby darlington nagby in the center for portland um you know rodney wallace this this new guy um i haven't seen him quite a, he's new to me i don't even know where he came from one of those things but Aspria. um yeah Aspria yeah. looked dangerous in this game uh nagby looked very dangerous always dangerous with the ball at his feet especially coming out of that and Adi for uh fernando Adi, they, play, they uh, played nagby we're, sometimes we're seeing they play the four the four two three one and you know normally we're used to seeing a valeri uh, in the 10 spot right underneath their their lone striker right but uh with him out they they pushed nagby on the inside and got wallace and espria who are a little bit more on the speedster side out, out wide and put nagby in the uh the creative role right underneath Adi, who Adi certainly looks like a handful, both from his preseason last year, came on strong after signing midseason, and then now, you know, they're, num- they're number nine up top. So, you know, d- despite the fact that they're missing some bodies, they definitely do have uh, some threats up top. And, you know, they, again, like you said, maybe not the not a Valeria or Will Johnson to be able to dominate possession like they have in, in years past. 
but still with the speedsters up front and the threats, you know, they can they can strike at any time on a counterattack. The LA Galaxy will travel up to Portland on Saturday, so you can watch for the players' tweets whenever they uh, hit the airport there. That's usually whenever you can find out what's going on. Um, people are asking, actually, Jeremiah tweeted this and asked us if we'd be seeing AJ Delagarza in the starting 11 anytime soon. Um, I have to imagine, yes, you saw him come in late in that uh, in the Chicago Fire game. Uh, had he had a knock at all? Or? He did. He did. He, and he's had one for most of the preseason, quite honestly. I uh, haven't seen a lot of playing time with AJ Delagarza in that just because of, of a foot injury of some sort. I think it was a bone bruise, and it was just one of those things that's just so painful. He goes, you know, right. it's not going to hurt anything. It just hurts so much that you can't play with it type of thing. I mean, they have the luxury of of a number of bodies, be it Donovan on the left-hand side or De La Garza, who's, you know, the Swiss Army knife back there. So I wouldn't be surprised just especially in the outset um, for them to rotate a number of bodies through, try a lot of different lineups, keep keep them fresh to start off the season, and then see kind of who emerges as playing pretty well. Yeah. You know, obviously the defense wasn't tested too much against the Chicago team. But, one one uh, shot on goal for Chicago. One shot on goal. So I, I, I don't know if I, I can't even try to predict what changes might be coming. But I, I would imagine that you, you can't keep AJ out of lineup too long. So if he's fit, maybe he comes in and, and Gargan is, is what, 33, 34 now. 33, so, yep. I, you know, he, he will play this year and he will get a lot of minutes. But I don't know if he's somebody that you can just put back there for 34 four games you know throughout the year at at his 34 age season yeah no it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see again uh the la galaxy at the timbers up at providence park on sunday march 15th 4 p.m uh on fox sports one and fox deportes please get out there and check it out all right Corey, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you and we'll get on out of here you can find me on Twitter at Corey Ritzau. That's C-O-R-Y-R-I-T-Z-A-U. And, of course, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And, of course, you're listening to Back Pocket Memory on Twitter at Back Pocket Memory without the vowels. Throw them away. Instagram at Back Pocket Memory without the vowels. Throw them away. No Vanna White needed here. So please check them out. Download their stuff. Go to iTunes. All that fun stuff for Back Pocket Memory. So nice of them to let us use their music. Very special thanks to LA Galaxy Associate Head Coach Dave Sarakin for stopping by and talking to me. Always good to hear from Dave. Um, a wealth of knowledge for the LA Galaxy. Just great, great guy. So we always appreciate it whenever he can stop by. Thank you to the LA Galaxy as well for uh, for letting Dave stop by for us as well. So uh, for Mr. Corey Ritzow, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy and cornerofthegalaxy.com. Mr. Michael Rajo, take it away. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.